Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the Hayes Talk podcast. I'm Jacob and I'm joined by Theodora. Hello. And Zoe. Hi. And it is 2024, the first podcast of 2024. Oh, really? That's crazy. And it actually is this week, one year since the first Hayes Herald was ever released. Oh, wow. This week. Oh, wow. Because obviously, you know, year eight, nine chronicles before, but in, in terms of a whole school newsletter, so just a bit of a fun fact about January 2024 for you there. Again, podcast equipment still broken, just to give you a bit of an update <laughs> yep. uh, there, guys. But, um, you know, we're in contact and hopefully they'll do something. Anyway, we are going to start off with some revision tips. Uh, so, Teodora, do you want to start talking about that? So, I know the year 10s, they had, like, the big set of, like, assess- like, assessment week in November, start of November. And I remember I was, obviously, we've got some tests now, but I remember then I was really stressed out because, like, I felt like I had no time. And, obviously, it was, we had year 9 and year 10 stuff. So, we're just going to give you some tips on how to kind of do your revision and, I guess, how to, like, plan everything out so you don't get as stressed out. Do you want to start with the first one, Zoe? Um, okay, so one of my favourite methods of revision is making mind maps because I think that it's kind of a fun way to revise in a way you can decorate it however you want to. You can use highlighters. And I think that's really motivational to revise in a way because I do that in my lessons too. Um, I use highlighters to make things stand out in my work and it just, it makes it a lot more fun. Yes, Theodore. <laughs> With mind maps, I guess you can always like put them up on your wall. Yeah. And then like, every, like on your door, that's what I did at one point. Every single time I walked in my room, I just read my mind map. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good method and I really recommend it. At the end of each topic, I recommend just making a couple revision notes, like at the end when you've finished everything about that section of your unit, because it breaks down everything so well. Like I have flashcards of things across my subjects and it just makes revision so much less stressful because you've already got some of the notes that you need. And I guess they're like all condensed as well on one yeah. big piece of paper. Exactly, yeah. it's really good. So uh, my favourite uh, method of revision is uh, flashcards. I yeah. use them all the time and I have like this entire cupboard full of just various <laughs> oh flashcard sets from since I was in year seven. I've You've just, been doing it since year yeah, seven? I, I've only started proper revision techniques like year nine maybe. Yeah, in year seven I didn't revise at all because I said it was cheating. Not a good mindset. Anyways. Um, well, year seven was mainly like languages because... Yeah. I, I needed yeah, flashcards to learn the keywords, otherwise, for, you know, the vocab tests and stuff. Anyway, uh, so I do a load of flashcards and I try to make them as much as possible after I've learned, like, so I might have a history lesson and then I will try as much as possible to make a few flashcards on what yeah. I've learned there. Um, but that's how I do everything because then it allows me to quiz myself yeah. as, as well as, like, making the revision materials, which is also learning in it, uh, revising in itself and making yeah. of them. So I love that. Um, one thing that I really like is probably space repetition. So I say, let's say if I have a test in one week, I'd kind of spread out what I want to do over the days. So, for example, first, maybe do, like, for example, do your flashcards and see what you know and don't know, and then just do your flashcards until the test, and then do mind maps, and just keep doing active like recall techniques over a period of time. So don't cram everything the night before. But like, yeah. <laughs> also blank page retrieval, the blank page retrieval. Yeah, it's really good, and I know a lot of people really don't like it. I used to really not like it, but yeah, really oh recently I've really gotten into it. I did it in my physics lesson the other day with Mr. Goodman, and it's such a good technique to really engage yourself in what you're learning 
because with that you can see where your gaps are and you can immediately add things in and know what you need to go over. And I guess you can also do your mind maps like that. If you think about it, if you do blank page retrieval on a big page and you write what you know and then you add to what you didn't add and then you've already got a mind map done. Exactly. And you've got active recall in there already. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, revision is really important. And I would say I wish I paid more attention to revision in year seven because what you learn then it like carries through yeah. particularly in languages i would say oh definitely. yeah in languages yeah because okay other stuff you learn yeah, different content bit, yeah exactly but and obviously to still revise for tests in year seven kids yeah. we're, yes, we're not telling you to like <laughs> like yeah, it's year seven who cares yeah. um but definitely languages if you plan to take that particular language at gcse yeah. it's definitely worth making flashcards and keeping it onto them so yeah. you don't have to uh, remake them with flashcards they can obviously be online so for example quizlet is a really good place to make yeah. flashcards yes. or just buy like you can buy something off amazon just like search out flashcards and you get loads of options like different yeah. colors yeah. like sizes it's actually crazy yeah i've used the same flashcards for years and then wow. at christmas i got different flashcards and i and was, I, I, was <laughs> a bit, I was a bit thrown at first yeah, but i quite yeah. like them i think i've seen you written to your drawer they're like the ones that come with like a loop separate oh, yeah, and yeah, they've yeah, got yeah, the yeah, colors yeah, yeah. and the cardboard you side anyway oh, yeah i've got those yeah. anyway i've been using those because we have a few tests this week and i've just done like one pack of those for a whole topic um i think yeah. i've converted almost from i had <laughs> like you know just the lined ones I, there's, yeah. there's the same brand that makes they've got like a yeah. red cover and a white oh name. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You, uh, so sorry, why didn't you start? Um, so I'm going to recommend a series today and it's called The Traitors and it's a bit like... I love The Traitors. I'm a celeb and things like that. It's, but I've it's, heard it on, on Spotify. It's, a, it's people from the public, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so the So it's public. random people from the public and it doesn't get the watchers involved in voting and things like that and I think Ooh, that's really that's... great because with things like I'm a Celebrity, all their fandoms are going to be voting for the people who they yeah. want to win, but some of them don't even watch the show. Whereas on this, the public don't actually help. It, and it, it is so good. It's basically um, three traitors get picked out of a group of 22 people at the beginning. And every night they meet up and they murder someone from the group. Yeah. And then the next day, when they find out who's been murdered, everyone sits around a round table and they try and figure out who the traitors are. And it's so good. And they get to banish one person every day. But they rarely get it right. It is, oh. yeah. uh, uh, like the, the the last season in particular last year, it was so painful because like there yeah. was like ten nights in a row and they got rid of no one and I was just like, yeah. yeah I guess and the thing like, is as well, you get to really meet the characters in yeah, things like this. Exactly. You get to know them so well and there's people who you don't like and you're like, oh, like I really want them to get voted out. It's just yeah. it's a great thing to watch with your family as well. I watch it with my mum and my dad. Yeah, and it's oh, great. We so get nice. to talk about the, everyone who's in it, and it's really good. No, I really recommend it. Yeah, and I like the fact uh, that, like you said earlier, they're general people in the public, so then they're not celebrities. They're just ordinary people yeah. like us, and there's no like they don't necessarily know how to act in front of a camera like celebrities would, yeah. as per se. But yeah, no, it, it is really good. Okay, <laughs> uh, so I also chose a TV series uh, now. This one is called Ted Lasso. It's relatively famous, but it is on Apple TV Plus, and I know very few people have that. But you, when you, whenever you get an Apple product, you get refurbished or new, you get three months free of Apple TV Ooh. Plus. Are we which, advertising Apple TV? <laughs> no, but this is how I, I, I got into watching it anyway. Yeah. So it came up, and it's run some kind of, you know, one of the TV awards. There's so many, I couldn't tell you which one. And 
it's about football. Rip. What's it called? Ted Lasso. So okay. It's about football, but it's like not about football at the same time. <laughs> so it's about a football club, okay? Yeah. And so it's following the stories within it, but you never actually have to watch that much of a game, which I think is why I got into it so much. It's about this fictional team called Richmond FC, which is loosely based on Crystal Palace. And basically... Um, the owner of Richmond FC gets divorced and she wants and she managed to get the club as like the divorce settlement or whatever oh, okay. and she wants to bring the club down because her ex liked it so much oh, okay. and basically she gets in this random um, high school American football coach to come over and, oh. <laughs> and be the manager of the football club and at first I really didn't want to watch it because I'm not really big on football but I have to say, 10 days and 34 one-hour-long episodes later. <laughs> what? Is it like a comedy or is it... What it, is it? Yeah, it, oh, it, okay, it yeah. is a comedy. It's yeah. not like just... Just what, like serious. Yeah, like. Yeah. No, it okay. is a comedy and it's great. And you see the character development, the relationships between the characters, how like some people leave uh, the team, go to other teams and then they come back. Okay. it's hard to explain and I watched the last episode actually last night and I was like so annoyed that it's finished because I had gotten into it so much oh, and okay. I ended up uh, loving it so much my only thing would be if you're a West Ham fan there is a lot of hate of West Ham in it <laughs> Bec- <laughs> because um, the tiny spoiler alert her ex-husband so the owner's ex-husband yeah. bought West Ham and they're all like we've got to beat West Ham because oh, oh, you know, okay. and oh okay. so there's just but anyway yeah watch it i'm telling you if you ever get the opportunity watch it um my media recommendation is the percy jackson series and they came out december sometime december (laughs) or it was like after we'd gone on half term and honestly i think they did the books so much justice because obviously it's a series right now and like i think each episode is like a few chapters of a book which is really good, which means that they get all the tiny details of the book. And I definitely recommend reading the books before watching it because I read the books in like year five and year six. And literally I was watching this and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that. I remember that. (laughs) It's so much fun. It's really nice. And you can watch it with your family as well. It's got a really interesting plot line. It's just really entertaining. Well, those are our media recommendations and they were all TV series. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, get 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 watching these TV series because they're all great. Uh, let's move on. So there has recently been an earthquake in Japan, which we're going to tell you a little bit more about. So, Jacob. Yes. So this catastrophic earthquake happened on New Year's Day in Japan. So, you know, a great way to start the year. Um, it was a 7.6 magnitude quake and over 100 people um, have been confirmed dead uh, as a result of the quake but you say 100 obviously that's horrible but i think because japan is so like earthquake proof and like developed a 7.6 magnitude earthquake is huge that's what i was thinking when i was saying the death time like but you think about other places in the past that have like we've been studying in geography and you're like there's like fifty thousand, and it's not even a huge earthquake it's i know it's like like a 6.3 was it haiti or something like that it was like over a hundred thousand deaths it was like a six point something magnitude quake it just really shows how like japan's really become like earthquake proof you could say exactly yeah the buildings that kind of sway yeah Yeah, exactly our our geography uh knowledge it's really coming (laughs) mr rockman will be proud when he's listening (laughs) but Yes, so obviously it's had a catastrophic impact on uh, the communities. Uh, regard, although the death toll is relatively low, 
thousands of people's homes yeah. have been destroyed um and like some of the like more traditional japanese yeah. um homes and stuff were, were just completely um flattened and um you hear about like these scenes where there's people when they're just going through the debris trying to find their lost belongings yeah. and it doesn't make sense and i because you know it they're, they're random earthquakes well they're, like they're not random but you know yeah. it's not possible to predict yeah you can't it. really predict and they're just yeah. they're random in terms of frequency but in the last year i seem to have heard about an awful lot more yeah there has than, been as per usual so i don't know what's going on with no. tectonic plates but they're like having some know. kind of they're, sprint they're, they're race or something quite a lot. so um over eleven thousand survivors crowd evacuation centers grappling with the harsh reality of limited resources no water gas or electricity which was probably done by the earthquake yeah yeah it's terrible and um and then when a plane was trying to deliver aid to japan it was on takeoff and this coast guard plane crashed with a normal plane oh oh my goodness we've got it um, here slightly, but yeah, all 379 passengers of the normal plane were evacuated within 18 minutes. That's amazing. It is. Oh my goodness. It's unbelievable that they managed to do that. In and 18 minutes? Yeah. Think and, about how long it takes to like board the plane. Yeah. I know. Unfortunately, I believe uh, most uh, the crew of uh, the Coast Guard plane did um not make it but it's amazing that most of the other plane did did survive and obviously um the captain stayed on board until everyone had left but yeah i i think it's it was it was a pretty unfortunate start to the year for japan like with with the earthquake and then this plane crash and plane crashes are so rare now like because it happens so much but from what i understand and it doesn't say this here it that it was still on the runway the crash like they hadn't oh, wow. even taken which oh, is why that's why it was yeah. which is why obviously that like not everyone didn't fall from the sky or whatever yeah that's right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that, that would have been much worse i i should think um but yeah it, it is still terrible and um it's basically a disaster kind of few days in japan uh, for the people living there However, yeah. there's been lots of volunteers, so local volunteers emerge as a lifeline, stepping in where official aid falls short, showcasing a community-driven response. But it's just really amazing that everybody's just out there to help each other. Yeah, and for hours after the um, earthquake, um, there were still, you know, tremors and stuff, aftershocks um, going on, and I feel like it's just a bit of a reminder of how that although the initial impacts happened it's what comes is like a year a few years long struggle for those affected as they try to rebuild their lives because although in the grand scheme of things the damage was relatively limited compared to a lot of other places for those it did affect it it, it's horrific but yeah that 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 is um what has been going on in japan hello and everyone welcome back to the podcast today we're going to be talking about the offspring of my imagination, which I made when I was going on a walk one day. Please don't ask. You read it, Amara, because I okay. bet reading out loud. Um, hi, I'm going to read... This is our special guest, Amara. Amara, say hi. Hi. How pleased are you to be on this podcast today? D- I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> okay, um... Uh, basically, this is a story that I wrote, because I was bored on a s- National Trust trip... I can't remember where it was, but it was pretty cool. Um, and there was like these different, we were going on the walk and there was these different like play bits. And so I imagine each of them is villages and, that, and then this happened. 
Let's read the first one about the fortification village. Fortification village, the oldest of all villages, yeah. was the original people of this land. The village used used oh, you meant used used to be navigation village, but transformed into. The fortification. I'll just read this now. Fortification village over time. There is a great elder navigator, Lottie, my mum. Why? The people performed a ritual to make her immortal as their population of navigation profession. That sounds really fun. What? Was dwindling. Why were they? She was made immortal, right? Okay. Artistic license. Okay. This is kind of just like all myths that I made up. Don't take it seriously. Okay. Along three other apprentices, she ruled over this village. Sometimes she ventured out into the world to gather recipes, medicinal ingredients, and wisdom from other kingdoms, usually accompanied by a spirit animal, a Labrador called North Spar. Reference, not reference. Dog. Dog, yeah. Uh, No one has seen her since she disappeared to map uncharted lands. Because no one is immortal, people. Actually, no, depends. Continue. Even I'm confused. Um, this is your story. How are you confused? I don't know. Um, some say she only dies when she's collected all the knowledge and passed on to one of her apprentices. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so basically, I don't know what else to say. Say something about How do you like that paragraph, Amara? We have four confused. more to go. We have four? How many? Wait, four. One, you two, managed to write three, four. Four. Yeah, four. I'm proud. Like, Just keep going, Amara. Okay, tell okay. me cool. St- no, 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 no. Oh, tell no. me cool stuff about the program. What did you um, like about it? Dog. Fair enough. Um, when I was writing this, I think of funny stuff to say. Um, I was gonna say, how about she rides on the dog? But I realised, hey, that would not be very good for the dog. So no. No. All right, let's move on because this is getting awkward, and I don't know what to say. Uh, Weaponsmith Village, the last village to be founded. They came from far north, somewhere around the Arctic Circle. They've never disclosed <laughs> the exact origin of it. Disclosed means like said it, so they've never said the exact where they came from. Bit suspicious, but we'll go with this. <laughs> hey, you're so um, Their walls were gifted by the fortification villagers. They were the last established village and the start were not doing very well. Now they're one of the most successful villagers. God, I'm really bad at spelling. Their walls and defences are shaped like a bow and arrow, coincidentally one of their specialties. Their leader was a vor- Viking warrior called Enzo. I don't actually know how to pronounce that. Because there's like a special O with like two dots at the top for Enzo. The N-Z-O. So I don't know how to, because it's Swedish, but I don't know how to pronounce it. So, yeah. Let's just call him Enzo. Um... <laughs> from long ago. He is now worshipped as one of the best tactical leaders in this kingdom. This is based on my brother. Well, he isn't a good tactical leader. But my mum, if I had wrote anything bad about him, like made him the villain, my mum would have told me off. He is now worshipped as one of the best tactical leaders in the kingdom. Statues of him are placed around the kingdom as he brought about the recognition, brought about the recognition and freedom of the land and its people from invaders. Because he's so cool. Okay. Um, the next village is based on my dad because he likes admin. Sure. This is probably one of my favorite. Actually, how, what did you like about that weapons? Um, one? Enzo. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know how to say that. I'll probably search up, but no. I I'll just, just. I'll tell you in the next episode if I'm in the next one. If uh, we remember. 
if I remember, that's more accurate. So, what do you like about that? What's your favourite bit, Amara? Um, People can't see you sticking out your tongue. <laughs> I know that. I'm thinking. I don't know. Oh, thanks. Um, all right, let's just go on to the next one because Amara has nothing nice to say about that. She's like, sorry. Think of stuff, Amara. I'm going to ask you that about every single thing. Maybe some different to surprise you. Um, I'm sitting so weirdly. <laughs> Anyways, the um, this admin village, I was actually, when I was writing this, trying to be like one of those poets, like authors, that are like, when I wrote this, it was symbolic to something, but it isn't. It's just me being silly. Um, I was like, I was trying to search up loads of like other words for admin because I was like, that's gonna be too futuristic because this is set in the olden times. It's like set in the like, 1800s and stuff, by the way. That's not that long ago. They wouldn't have the word admin though, would they? It'd be like no, ye oldie no. admin-y or something. I don't know. I don't have to speak <laughs> admin old probably wouldn't exist. Exactly. But this village was. Admin village. This village was the second established village in the kingdom. The village used to be known as a functionary village, but due to the rebellion of the Gonks in, 1908, in 1809, Whoa. their name got changed to the admin village. Gonks? So they're. Gonks? I like to think there are these gnomes that were blind, so they didn't have to use their eyes, so they pulled the hats down from their eyes. Search um, on the internet. G O N K. K. Yeah. It's really. They're really. Uh, they're really cool. I have a couple of them in my house. The chief administrator, Antonio. My father. Oh, wait, it's Antonino. And same thing. No, it isn't. No, because it's A-N-T-O-N-I-N-O. It's practically the same thing. Continue. It's, not, it's practically, but it's not, all right? Oh, Antonino came into power in 1810 as a village and its other branches of the village. Like So there's different separate bits of the admin village dotted around the island. That got founded. We'll see that later. We'll see you do that later. Can you guess who it is, Amara? <laughs> Can't see the spot. I'm very, very, very... Okay, never mind. Um, oh, where are we are? Continue. As the branch threw in chaos after the rebellion, Antonino was the only one of six predecessors who could calm them down and bring peace. There was literally six people before him who died trying to... Sorry, who died trying to make the peace. Um, good for them. Who could calm them down and bring peace. He's now regarded as the king of the gonks because... Gonk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he also helped the villagers become friends again and stop many an uprising. He created several sub-villages and turned the main village into a meeting point when all were, were here where he meets with the leader of each of the small districts atop of poles. Each of the little gonks. Got tiny Gonk. weeny staircase. Sorry. So you have like a you just have like a pole of wood and you've got a tiny weeny staircase carved into the wood. I know. I made it. Didn't I think I did, I don't know actually. I I haven't added that, I might. Um and they just kinda chill up there and talk about cool stuff. By the way, each of these villages were actually inspired by for the fortification village. No. Yeah, the fortification village had So there were these different like play areas. You really said like that. Made of like wood and stuff. You said that. Yeah, no. Each of the the weaponsmith village actually the base of it looked like a bow and arrow. I know, right? And had like a looked like a cannon or something. And then um, the fortification village had walls and stuff around base, which had a secret back entrance because it looked like you couldn't get in the front entrance. Oh. I know, like. 
uh, the admin village. We just saw a cool tree and decided it tree. should be. Tree, it's a village in Yeah, because I needed another one for my dad, because I'm just that kind. Gonk. There's one special gonk called Zigzag, my new pet puppy. Ah. Dog. Because gonk. they love each other, yeah. Um, there's a spe- one special gonk called Zigzag who stays with him and helps him out. He also sends different parties of gonks to the different village to take tallies weeks ahead of time, as it's as if it is raining, it sets back the time by a week or so because they're tiny and they have tiny legs. After they come back from their travels, Antonino holds them a feast for the hungry travellers. Hungry. Hungry travellers. Hungry. Hungry. Ziggy, Zigzag, sorry, is still alive and tells the tame of, tale of Antonio, the best gonk king that ever lived. Gonk. I don't see why you need to... This is actually really adorable. Please keep on doing that. Um, all right, the last one. What do you like about that one? Um, I know what you're going to say, gonk. <laughs> gonk. Zigzag. Hungly. Yes. All right. The meeting point. That is all. All right. Oh, gosh. That was loud. A bit of backstory for this next one. Again, with the play area. So there was this big tree. It was not big. Sorry. It was rather going, small. You're going to have to explain the play areas. Well, I wouldn't call them play areas. It was just like areas to like fun obstacle courses made out of wood. From where exactly? Oh, I was in a national trust. I got the hot na- chocolate and it was really good. Like a deluxe one. It was so good. Okay, anyway, continue with the backstory. And the so there was this rather small tree, probably about my height and a bit more. Yeah, and it was decorated for Christmas. And then there was five different chairs for each five. of those. Five different villages. Where it was like, so it was a log and they carved out like a seat of it. But it wasn't like a chair that you usually sit on. It was just kind of like a slope. They just, it's like an L shape in a piece of wood that they took out. Um, okay. And then it looked like the trees, just looks like the tree chair in the next bit you'll see. The creator of this kingdom, Clara, me, founded this village and planted a fir tree. I don't know if it was a fir tree, just kind of guessing, giving some, myself some artistic license there. I don't think it's artistic license. Clara found this village and planted a fir tree. Over time, the tree's roots grew into four chairs. I thought there was five. Maybe you misclicked. It was either a little misclicked. This is real life, Amara. Mistyped. Still. You were typing. Oh, yeah, I was. In the car when it was bouncy. Exactly. Um, there was either four or five. How many villages? Uh, you did four. Weaponsmith. You, you already told us. No, I'm trying to remember them. Fortification, Weaponsmith, Admins. admins. The meeting point. Yeah, that's four. All right, sorry. It's, it wasn't four, it was five. Um, each signifying village. Some say that Lottie, Enzo, Antonino and Clara all meet each, each other at the full moon. Queen Clara found this land when she was, explore, uh, when she was exploring. She, kept, she was from a long line of royal background, because I'm just that slay. Because I was from the royal, yeah. Clara explored uncharted lands and kept peace between her countries. In total, she conquered 17 countries and travelled between them even when it risked, risked, her, risked her life to stop wars. Her legend is one of the most wide, uh, the largest and the most widest, widespread across the world. There is a 10-foot statue in the capital, Kaislop, to commemorate her. Please don't fact-check me if there's Kaislop isn't an actual place. And that's it. <laughs> okay, are you going to ask me my thoughts? What would you like on that, about that, Amara? Weapons chair. Why chair? Chair. What do you actually like about it, Amara? You can speak. Log chat. Oh, yeah, that's actually really nice. Did I take a photo of that? If you did, then... Go on, I'm getting sidetracked. Just keep on talking while I look for okay, it. Okay, um, 
What, am I what were your favourite bits and what was your least favourite bit? Um, and what was the mid middest bit? Hmm. It was all pretty good. Oh, the other day I saw this car and it had Sorry, a tree getting, coming out of it. You're getting sidetracked. They're probably putting away their Christmas tree. I know, it made me sad. Why? <laughs> she just showed me a meme. The other day. <laughs> she just showed me a meme, by the way. Uh, okay, just keep on talking. What was your least favourite? I don't know, it was all pretty good. Look, what, what do you think I can improve on the most? Um, grammar. <laughs> this isn't the actual thing yet. Um, I don't actually know if I should. You definitely should. If we get ten more, five or ten, ten, five more followers today, I'll make it into an actual book. Please don't follow. Well, actually, no, please follow, but please don't at the same time because I don't, I don't know how to make a book. Because that makes sense, yes. Yes. Um, oh, and, and Z gets me carried in a bag. <gasps> it's adorable. Okay, I'm getting sidetracked. Did I take a photo of podcast. it? Oh, I took a video of me running to my mum. Oh, well done. Anyways, have a great day, everybody, and bye-bye. Bye. Have fun. Bye. Uh, so our next topic is about Churchill's favourite spy. So Britain's longest-serving World War II spy, Christine Granville, risked her life countless times carrying out missions across Europe, yet today her contribution is rarely known. Who was she, and why does the nation owe her such a great debt? Theodora. Well, <laughs> on 15th of June 1952, Granville returned to the West London hotel she called home, her flight to Belgium having been cancelled due to engine failure. After making her way to her usual room on the first floor, she heard a man in the lobby shouting her name and demanding the return of some letters. Downstairs, she found herself faced by her former lover, who suddenly thrust a commando knife into her chest, fatally wounding her. Oh my god. Jacob, would you like to say something else? Well, uh, it, it's rather um, ironic, I suppose, because uh, as a World War II spy, she was obviously behind the front lines in enemy territory, uh, presumably killing people. I, 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 <laughs> well, I feel like that's what spies... I'm not sure what spies in do. ...in Germany do. I'm sure she killed someone. <laughs> oh, OK. OK, then. Well, maybe she made people kill them. I don't know. It, it does say later on. We'll get there in a bit. Um, but... Uh, but then it was actually when she was in the safe, what we would assume safety of a London Kensington hotel, yeah. that she actually died, which is really tragic, really, particularly by her yeah. former lover. That just like makes uh, it even worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christine uh, Granville was originally known as Maria Christina Janina Skarbek. Um, she was the daughter of a Polish count and through her mother, an heir to a Jewish banking family. She had a really, really interesting life. Yeah, like, how do you go from count to... Uh, uh, and An heir, like, wow. And then I, I guess it's actually uh, the sign of the um, persecution uh, Jewish people was subject to during World War Two. Like, if you think about the fact she was an heir oh, to a yeah. Jewish oh, banking yeah, family, that's presumably why they came to the UK from Poland. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, she's... Uh, Teodora? Um, so, she spent her early years running free on a grand country estate, a childhood that would profoundly influence her later life. 
She'd been brought up and used and used to a lot of freedom adoration, taught to ride a horse, shoot a shotgun, all that sort of thing, said the historian Claire Mully, who is the author of The Spy Who Loved, a biography on of Christine Granville. Probably should have read that before yeah, we, we like dived I, into no, it. No, but I feel like that's going to be on my TBR, to be read. Yeah, Sounds really yeah. just going to be on my yeah. read list. Yeah, maybe in the future we need to plan these months ahead and have yeah, read the yeah. books and then we come and talk yeah. about these people. But here we are. Um, one of her biggest uh, like mission plans she came up with was when she planned to ski across um, some mountains into Nazi-occupied Poland to take Whoa. in Allied propaganda and funds and bring back intelligence. Like, that is Skiing? crazy. Skiing? Wow through mountains to get to Nazi Germany. Wow. <laughs> but then, how was it always downhill? Because when she was going back up the mountains... Well, then I guess she just... She just had to wow. Oh. That's like... Um, she, was um, she was actually MI6, is so UK CIA, if you don't know, um, first female recruit. Wow. Mm. Um, uh, and then... Yeah, Zoe. On one occasion, she received a microfilm that showed German forces lining up along the Soviet border for what looked like an imminent attack. It was passed on to Winston Churchill, who, according to his daughter Sarah, would declare that Granville was his favourite agent. Twice she would be captured and interrogated by the Germans, but was able to bring herself free. On one occasion, she convinced her captors she had tuberculosis by biting her tongue so hard she appeared to be hacking up blood. Oh my god. Her great tool is her brain. She's so quick thinking, talks her way in and talks her way out. She's amazing, says Molly. Even animals were seemingly unable to resist her charms. And like one time she climbed up a German garrison based on a strategic pass in the apps using a a loud hailer, whatever that is. She convinced a group of 63 Polish officers forced into the German army to sabotage the military installations and then leave. This is like, no, this is, her life was a proper spy movie. And on that day, she discovered that her SOE commander and lover had been arrested in um, Digny in southeast France by the Gestapo. Gestapo, along with two other agents, and faced oh being executed by a firing cr- oh squad. She then managed to free them all by storming, oh <laughs> by storming a prison, claiming she was the niece of a field marshal, and informing the officer in at charge an American attack was imminent. Yeah, and the reason she was such a good spy, I saw here, is because men, they were expected to be at war. So if somebody saw, like, a healthy man just walking around and, like, walking into places and being like, oh, I know this person, somebody would be like, oh, that's a bit fishy. But obviously women were, like, they were, like, kind of expected to kind of go do jobs. Uh, She won an OBE and she uh, managed to get her British citizenship. And then she lived in a hotel. She waitressed cafes and sold frocks in Harrods before becoming a cleaner on a ship. So that that's a bit different from yeah. her, her, her her spy days, but... <laughs> Interesting yeah. life. Yeah. But you can really see how she really helped 
during yeah. World exactly. War II. Like, she was amazing. And I've never heard of any of this before. I know, which I feel like we should be taught more about. Like, yeah. yeah, like why why have we never heard of this? Yeah, exactly. Before now, I'm like, and she's done so much. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like what she's done, storming a prison and freeing all yeah, the prisoners. And like, and like, oh my, that's amazing. I could never have the bravery to do that. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's she must have just been so confident. It's yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on to our fun and random and whatever stories. Yeah, I need to, I need to wait. Fun, need to random wait. or shocking stories. Um, so we're each going yeah, to take a different story. So I will start um, with uh, one about Alaska Airlines. So oh. this, this is a shocking one. They oh. were uh, flying a plane and um uh, the like a a whip panel of the plane just flew out of the plane in would, midair what do you mean like panel like like you know one of the things around the window like a hole just they just yeah. went out oh my yeah. goodness uh, because a bolt was loose from what we can make out and um 177 passengers all survived and landed safely but it's crazy that like a plane just randomly a hole appeared in it and since then they've been doing some research into all the planes uh, all this model of plane it's a boeing 737 max yeah and they've been looking into them and they found that actually other companies have found loose screws and it's this like this loose screw basically that led to a massive hole being blown in the plane and luckily no one was seated next to that panel that flew out but people would say like their phones just were sucked out by the wind like you know the speed yeah, that was oh going my gosh, wind wow. just, and the oh volume of it there it's crazy there are some videos but imagine online, like the person like sitting like right next yeah, to I know, that's like exactly. that's horrible oh and there was this uh, child who was um like their blanket just came out from under the seat uh, their seat down flew out oh my out, gosh luckily that they didn't like yeah i know out. and then the uh, mother was just like clinging onto them for dear life so they oh didn't fly out too but it must God. have been terrifying i can't imagine how they felt well so that's my shocking m- moving story. on from that i guess you could say i don't know if this is really a fun story for the people <laughs> no. that, that lost <laughs> this amount of money but a money hungry pooch was in a doghouse for chewing up 4,000, which is basically 3,153 pounds of cash that his owners had left out. $4,000 is... That's quite a lot of money. Um, Cecil, a golden doodle from Pennsylvania, has gone viral for snacking on the envelope of money his owners has set aside for a contractor. Clayton and Carrie Law pieced together most of the shredded bills after a smelly search of Cecil's droppings and vomit. Only $450 is still missing. What's he done with that $450? Where's that gone? Cecil's veterinarian told the couple their greedy pet would be okay. In early December, Clayton Law laid an envelope containing $4,000 on his kitchen counter at his home in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He and his wife needed to pay their contractor, like I said before, and about 30 minutes later, to his surprise, he found his dog, the man's best friend, <laughs> oh my God. eating, eating, eating the money. And suddenly Clayton yelled to me, Cecil's eating $4,000. Now, if you just imagine, you're just kind of sitting at home, chilling out, and then you just like hear somebody say, oh my gosh, our dog's just eaten $4,000. I'd be like... Oh my God, that must have been 
awful. Oh my goodness. There must have been like a period where they thought they would have been able to get anything back. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. everyone knows that uh, with so long as half a note, two halves of a note has serial numbers on it, you can exchange it. Oh really? Yeah, because that. that, that's how they got a lot of the money back. Oh. Because they found like each half of an American note oh, my um, goodness. has like serial numbers on it. So as long as they can get both serial numbers and give it to the bank, they'll exchange it for the actual money. So obviously it doesn't Oh, really, okay, that's good. It doesn't so cost anything to print the money. Yeah, but you didn't just completely... So they like... only lost, I say only, but in, in the scheme of things, they only lost $450 out of the 4000 Wow. That bad, I want to say? Well, it's better than losing all the four thousand, I'd say. Anyways, trying to say your story. Okay, so my story is a bit different, um, and I'd say it is quite fun, actually. Okay. Um, so it's Mickey, but not as you've ever seen him before. So a new trailer for a slasher film has come out featuring a masked killer dressed as Mickey Mouse, and it was released on the first of January, which was the exact day that Disney's copyright on the earliest versions of Mickey Mouse expired oh, in the US. Oh my goodness. What a way! I I don't think that's smart. I think that would just ruin Mickey Mouse for me. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, but recently, that Winnie the Pooh horror movie came out <gasps> yeah. as well. Oh so my we're goodness! We're seeing a lot of links. Yes, I don't exactly. like it. I don't like it no, at all. Well, you what? Did you? Please tell no, me you didn't work. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like. That. I haven't seen anything. No, I just had. No, I just but don't it, like it. It was like one of the worst rated movies. Of yeah, I saw. So I don't know what these Mickey Mouse people yeah. think. They've got a hope doing it, but. <laughs> and it says that the trailer contains violent scenes for a Mickey oh horror film goodness. dropping. And in the horror comedy thriller called Mickey Mouse's Trap, a young woman is thrown a surprise birthday party in an amusement arcade, but things quickly take a turn for the worse, and she and her friends encounter a knife-wielding murderer in a Mickey what costume. And oh. in red text, the tailor screams, a place for fun, a place for friends, a place for hunting, the mouse is out. That's horrific. I'm sorry. Imagine if you're a child and you find out about this and you see that trailer. What's the movie called? Is it just called like Mickey Mouse? It's called Mickey Mouse's Trap. What if this? What if a child thought like it's a cute little Mickey Mouse movie? (laughs) (laughs) Stop! Like a little movie about him sneaking around someone's house. He gets caught in a little trap. Oh, but yeah, that's horrible. Well, I don't get the appeal, like why anyone Gosh. would want to see this. Because they wouldn't make it if no one was going to yeah, see it. Yeah, you so. can tell that I it guess. wasn't a very like well thought out thing. Because it says here that people need to not take it too seriously. We made a ridiculously fun movie, said Simon Phillips, who wrote oh, the Oh, we're film, taking it a bit seriously. And plays the man behind the Mickey Mouse. Oh my goodness. Okay, well if he's doing that much, then it's clearly <laughs> quite a low budget little... We can't say too much, we haven't watched a movie. You're just everything. <laughs> right? He produced. He plays. <laughs> but yeah, um, so... Um, I don't um, know how that's going to work. They're also uh, making a video game, I believe. Oh, wow. In, oh. in Infestation 88. Oh, okay. um, and it's like again a horror game. I don't. I I think the thinking behind it is that Disney did the nice, cute side, so they yeah, can't they really did. remake that. So they've yeah. just gotta like yeah. do horror or yeah. leave it. They literally said, in order to flip the coin, you have to come up with something that's the polar opposite of what already exists. No, just, just leave it. Just leave it. I'm gonna be honest. I think that yeah. if they want to do something like that if they want to create a horror movie they need to create something new completely different everyone assigns mickey mouse to disney children fun but obviously you're not gonna it's not gonna link up 
Like, for example, if you think of, I don't know, Scream, the masked killer, it's from Scream. It's not from anything else. Yeah. So everyone yeah. assigns it with that. But if it's Mickey Mouse, yeah. like, it just no. doesn't make much sense. Uh, th- this is definitely not one of our movie recommendations. Yes. This is a movie well, it's warning. it's not actually out yet. No. It's, I thought it said it's come out in March. Oh, okay. The trailer was released on the 1st of January. Okay. Don't go see it. Oh my but God. if you do go see it, and I'm telling you not to, tell us about it and we will talk about <laughs> yes. it again. Back to what uh, whoever talked about the Infestation ATA. It's a survival horror game in which an outbreak of vermin turns into something more sinister. Ooh. Oh. Um, that sounds a little bit better than the movie. How, yeah, but, but how oh. sinister are like... I don't know. Can I go and watch the movie trailer and then come back and say something about it? Yeah. Can we all watch the movie trailer? Let's watch the movie trailer. So, Zoe has actually watched (laughs) the trailer of this Mickey Mouse horror film. So, she's going to tell us about it. So, I literally just watched it just now um, because I'm quite a big horror fan myself. So, I just wanted to share some interest. Um, but I must say, it's not the most appealing trailer I've ever watched. Um, so I did spot the red text I was talking about, and yes, there were graphic scenes involved. Um, there was a murder, and there was like a lot of flashing at the end of like lots of different things going on in the movie. But I wouldn't say that it was the most amazingly filmed trailer I've ever seen, and the movie itself doesn't look very eventful it kind of just looks like hi i'm mickey mouse i'm gonna kill you now kind of thing it's not there's no storyline it doesn't look like but i don't know and uh, i want to say i guess we'll find out but i don't think we will because i don't think any of us are watching (laughs) it Uh, well we can hook out some review in a few months time and we'll try and figure out the plot we will be coming back to this but it sounds Um, horrific so don't watch it (laughs) not recommended no school children (laughs) not (laughs) <laughs> uh but um yeah i think yep. i think we've covered everything for yep. today so um oh. it is goodbye from me bye from me and goodbye from me we are produced by emma prayer and edited by jacob reed and emma prayer